Hello, folks. Welcome to Notoriously Episcopalian, a podcast of sermons from me, Kelly Hudlow, an itinerant Episcopal priest in Alabama. Thanks for listening. This is a sermon for the last Sunday after Pentecost, also known as Christ the King Sunday, November 20th, 2022, offered at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Greensboro, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon is Luke chapter 23, verses 33 through 43. Jesus on the cross and his conversation with the second criminal. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. He saved others. Let him save himself. That's what the leaders said standing at the cross. If you are the king of the Jews, you should save yourself. That's what the soldiers said as they offered him sour wine. And the first criminal hanging there with him says, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Even the unbelievers at the cross knew that what was happening at that place called the skull had something to do with salvation. They wanted to mock Jesus, but in their mockery, they did not realize how true their words of salvation were. In this scene of shame, it is not Jesus who needs saving. It's us. Jesus is no stranger to being tempted to use his power improperly. Immediately following his baptism, Jesus is faced with temptations of the devil in the wilderness. There the devil called on Jesus to end his own hunger by turning stones to bread. Or he shows him all the worldly kingdoms and says, this power can be yours. And then finally, the devil takes Jesus to the very top of the temple and says, throw yourself down because surely God will send angels to catch you. But Jesus meets each of these temptations by quoting scripture and obeying God. Jesus knew that his call was not to live a life without want, a life lived in comfortable places, a life marked by power. Instead, Jesus knew that he was to begin his ministry of traveling through the countryside of Judea, winding his way towards Jerusalem and the cross. As he went, he taught, he healed, he fed people, he spoke words of love and hope and inclusion. He sought out the lost and brought them to the very heart of God. He taught people about a kingdom in this world, but not of this world. A kingdom built on reconciliation and justice. And it was for this kingdom that he was crucified. Crucifixion was one of the cruelest forms of punishment in the Roman Empire. It was reserved almost exclusively for the poor and for those who dared defy Rome. It was a brutal practice that maximized the pain for the person being punished, but it was also a spectacle a warning sign to others that might try the same thing. 
by placing the inscription, this is the king of the Jews, the Roman soldiers intended not just to insult Jesus, but all the Jewish people that would have walked by and seen him. Their message was, look at this cross and see your defeat. We would probably understand that at at this moment, after all he had done and taught, if at this moment of pain and suffering, Jesus had spoken words of anger, or if he finally called down those angels to save him that the devil had talked about in the wilderness. But instead, on that cross, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, in whom the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, did not speak words of anger, but instead offered words of forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. These words seem to go unnoticed by those who are watching. They must have seemed like the words of a fool, a man with no power on death's door, hanging from a cross, praying for the forgiveness for those watching. The Apostle Paul writes in his first letter to the Corinthians that the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those being saved, it is the power of God. Throughout Jesus' trial, the night before his crucifixion, he is found innocent. Pilate finds no crime in him. Herod finds no crime in him. And now hanging on the cross, the second criminal, who we often call the good thief, also proclaims Jesus' innocence. This man has done nothing wrong. The criminal does not ask for rescue. He does not ask for reward. He just asks Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. At the cross, the only person that sees a true king is a dying, convicted criminal. And for that, Jesus responds, Today you will be with me in paradise. This word today, Cimarron in the Greek, Luke uses throughout his gospel. And it's at key points in the story. It's at Jesus' birth. It's in the synagogue when, in Nazareth when Jesus reads the scroll of Isaiah. It's when Jesus encounters Zacchaeus and says, Today I am coming to your house. For Luke, this word is closely associated with the salvation that Jesus has to offer. That it is not a future promise, but it is something that is happening today in the lives of the people that believe in Jesus. And now from the cross, this is the final time that Jesus says it. Today, through the cross, true salvation has come for the good thief and for all who are lost. It is at this moment that we are rescued from the power of darkness and brought into God's kingdom. Today in the church year, this is the last Sunday after the Feast of the Pentecost, the 24th Sunday after that feast. It is also known as Christ the King Sunday. And the lectionary gives us this scene of Jesus on the cross and asks us to look and to explore and understand what kind of King Christ is. 
Our king is one who does not serve himself. He meets violence and betrayal with words of forgiveness. He offers salvation today to all those who desire to be part of his kingdom of fools. Paul also writes to the Corinthians that God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. It is the apparent defeat on the cross that is the victory of God in this world. God took the cross, a symbol of shame, torture, and death, and created a throne for the King of glory who offers forgiveness, healing, and abundant life. Amen.